0: Uh,
1: and I do, we do a moment of silence before I get into the introductions, but I'll, I'll walk you through what I'm going to do. So okay. we're live. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome uh, to today's film roundtable. Um, I was preparing for this earlier and thought I was um, going to be talking about the anxiety of the weight we've had in the U.S. this week, but we can celebrate now because Biden has been announced the winner. Woo! (laughs) We're all very relieved here. Um, My neighborhood in Bed-Stuy is going nuts, uh, but I hope everyone is well and feeling good and feeling a little bit more grounded into moving forward and all the work that needs to be done. Um, But we're super happy to have everybody here today And um, you are gonna have a really great uplifting conversation about collaboration and artistry and partnership. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking to our four panelists. Um, But before we start and before I get to the introductions, um, we have a ritual here at Film Roundtable where we like to do a moment of silence. Um, So we take this moment to honor all of the 1 million 252,751 worldwide COVID deaths as of today. Um, It's a lot and I know the past few weeks we've been really focused at least in the states on the election, Um, but COVID numbers are still escalating uh, here and around the world. Um, And we'd also like to honor all of our black and brown brothers and sisters as well as our First Nation brothers and sisters whose lives have been taken by the hands of police brutality and other senseless acts of violence. So let's just take a moment here and and honor. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, So without further ado, I wanna introduce our four panelists for today. Um, We'll start with Mona Fastfold. She's a director, a writer, a mom, a partner to Brady. Uh, She was a winner at the Venice Film Festival this year for her latest film, beautiful film called The World to Come. And then we have Brady Corbet director, writer, producer, dad, used to be an actor and uh, partner to Mona. Uh, Vox Lux was his latest film, which came out in 2018. And he's currently in pre-production with his new film called The Brutalist, which starts hopefully shooting in February if all goes well. Um, We have Antonio Campos, who is a director, writer, producer, dad, partner to Sofia. Um, his latest film premiered on Netflix in September. Uh, it is called The Devil All the Time. And then last but not least, I would like to introduce Sophia Supercasso. Is that correct? Did I pronounce it oh, correct? Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, she is an editor. She is a mom and a mom-to-be and partner to Antonio. And she edited The Devil All the Time as well as Antonio's pr- film prior to that one called Christine. Um, so let's take a moment of virtual applause and welcome all of our panelists to Film Roundtable. Yay!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm, you know, being a mom and a wife and in the film business, not so much anymore, but I was, and having a partner who's in the business as well, you know, I'm always interested on how different people make make it all work together. And that it's, you know, a lot to take on um, working in the business, the same business as your partner, you know, maintaining kids, having a house, you know, all that stuff. It can be really a lot to do with one person. Um, And, you know, everybody has their own, their own way. And I'm always really interested talk about that because i'm a generation xer and i feel like prior to my generation you know there weren't a ton of working moms in the business you know there were a lot of success obviously there weren't a ton of women working in the business or really successful women but a lot of them were, you know didn't have kids you know they chose one path or another and um I'm just yeah. I'm I'm really wanting to get into that and how and I'm sure our audience would love to hear how, you know, how you make it work for yourselves. So, I would love to start with Mona, because I remember I've known Brady and Mona for a long time. I've known Brady for a really long time. I produced his first film that he directed called Protect You and Me, and um, I you know remember talking to them about how they were going to maybe set up a format where they would take turns. One, one of them would do their film, you know, they, they write together, they produce together, they really collaborate, but then one was gonna be more present with, with Ada, with their daughter. So Mona, maybe you could get into a little bit about how, was that something that was really thought out and talked about when you guys got together as a couple or did it kind of just kind of freestyle with what was gonna work?
2: Yeah, that was, we started out saying, okay, so you'll direct a film and I'll direct the film, we'll take turns and it will work out great. You know, of course, that's not how it works at all. <laughs> like it's, it's you know, you can't decide when you make a movie, actor schedules keep changing, financing suddenly comes together. It's so, you know, you have so little say over when you make a movie as a director, it's just really like when it comes together, be ready to go. Uh, so we've lived a very nomadic and, and life without that, you know, like it, we just kind of had to go with the flow. And luckily our, our daughter is only six years old. So she's just come with us wherever, whenever we've made a movie and somehow magically on these last couple of films we haven't been shooting at the same time or been in pre-production at the same time, which has been really fortunate, but it's not really, I mean, it's, you can't just, you can't plan like that. Um, But, and you know, I guess we're just lucky to have a flexible child who's down with spending a lot of time on set. I think for me, it also has been important to sort of show that it's okay to have a child on set and to be a mother and to be a director um, and I, I encouraged a lot of my crew members and uh, the actors to also bring their children onto the last film so we had a really eclectic set of you know you know a breastfeeding trailer and a, you know for my first ad and, and my um, other crew members who were young mothers and had their first child and were still working on the film and as well as my lead actress who had a small baby as well so we were kind of I at least think I was trying to and and I brought Ada as well and uh, so just kind of create that environment where that's okay um which was really not something people were used to seeing in Romania especially so Mm -hmm. but I don't know I mean it's it's yeah you you can never plan ahead in this business so
1: yeah I mean but I feel like you had a structure of a plan ahead of time and you've tried to keep within that a little bit, even though being flexible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember in Childhood of a Leader that you're in a scene with Ada when she was a baby breastfeeding her, right? In the, as an extra. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that's not, that, I think that's why, what, what made me think of, you know, cause I had a lot of, I um, had several crew members who had just had a baby on and, and brought their babies with them on, on this film. But, and I remember that with Ada in Childhood that I was always breastfeeding and pumping by the monitor <laughs> in uh, in Hungary, and how that was also people you know crew members came up to me saying like, "Oh, this is so cool to see this because um, breastfeeding in public is is uh, considered inappropriate uh, in both Romania and, and Hungary." So that was something they were not used to seeing at all, and also a lot of the younger crew members were saying, "Oh, I." Just didn't imagine that I could be a parent uh, and have this job, and that if you're in a position of power on a film set, being a mother is kind of discredits that. Versus, I see it the opposite way. I'm like, I'm the sort of, I'm the, I'm the master of multitasking because I'm a mother.
1: That's beautiful. What about you, Sophia? What do you two do when? Antonio is going on a film to direct or produce with your child, do you, or you're editing. Like, do you come on set? Or yeah, I
3: have. I mean, for us, it's different because we don't. Like, I think for you guys, for Brady and Monty, it's even harder because you have to take. Like, like our jobs are not exclusive to what not. Like, like we come, we work together, like full time, mm. which has other challenges. But but we don't have to take turns. It's like when we're working, we're working together. So when Antonio's working, I'm, I'm usually working with him. Um, but yes, the only movie that we've, Emilio is only two years old. So he was born um, three months before we went into, we had to like move to Alabama to shoot the devil. And of course the movie came together the minute we had our first baby and we were like settled in Chile to like, be spend time with my family. We just built a house here. We were ready to like spend the summer here, and it was like, nope, you're moving to Alabama with a newborn. <laughs> and this, so. <laughs> so, so it was intense, but it was also really fun, and we got really lucky and had a uh, um, someone that that came with us that helped us from Chile that made 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 it possible if not it would have been impossible and i came to set and but i was i was editing as we were shooting
4: and breastfeeding
3: uh, yeah so i we were we had this system where like we 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 made it so our house was right next to the office where i was mm-hmm. editing so i could like run back and forth to mm-hmm. breastfeed or, or just bring emilia with me and then we would go to set two. And Emilio also has a, a few scenes in the movie. His young, his young,
4: his uh, young, right? young Tom Holland, young
3: Tom Holland, <laughs> and um, and yeah, it was a crazy marathon. But but I think there was an, it would have been impossible to do it any other way. Um, Did you sleep at all? No? no, we really <laughs> didn't. And Antonio was shooting crazy hours, like full nights. And Emilio was not sleeping at all. And it was just madness. And I remember like, (laughs) it was like five in the morning and I was like waking up to go to set and I was like, oh, just like so confused. And then like when he came home at like 11 p.m., we were just so like burnt that we would still like go out and have a drink around the corner. We're (laughs) We're, like, just like, fuck it. Like we're not sleeping. Like let's just like have fun. Yeah, and we'll just like go to this cute like bar around the corner and meet the crew and just have a drink and and try to pretend like we were sleeping but we really weren't at all i
2: you never slept for like the entire shoot of childhood when ada was the same age as amelia
5: yes and then i got very very ill
0: <laughs> 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 I-
5: I, 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 I developed some sort of medieval rash I <laughs> that, 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 that didn't allow me to I, that didn't allow me to to to, to walk on set. So uh, it, it didn't work out so well for me. I I, I mean I, I was working on on uh, second unit on the devil all the time. So I I got to see. Antonio and Sofia in action, and you guys were doing really well. I mean, much better than we were doing. They're much <laughs> childhood. It, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I, I maybe more neurotic than Sofia, but not no,
3: Antonio. Not Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember like the the night like there was like two weeks of night shoots that he was just like, "What's going on?" Yeah, so two weeks such, such as like, uh, weeks like yeah, yeah. And we all, but we also had, like, re, it really made a difference having, like, this Chilean uh, babysitter came with us. Yeah. And if she wouldn't have come, it would have been impossible. And she was such, like, I think it's also important to be, to, like, like, admit that you need help and seek it and, and appreciate it and, 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 mm. and... If, it really would have been impossible. I mean, if like if if she wasn't there, either the movie or Amelia would have been heavily neglected. <laughs> it wasn't. It, w- it wouldn't have been possible to do both things the way we did it if she wasn't helping us.
2: Well, I think that's what we we did not do that on, on childhood, and that's sort of what we ended up we ended up getting a lot of help on um in the during at least during shooting on the world to come. Then we had family yeah. coming home and. Uh, Uh, and and our daughter was with either with Brady's mom or with our parents luckily because it was during summer break um because yeah I think that's the thing like if you think that you can be this like incredible sort of super present parent during shooting as well as directing a movie that's not gonna happen it's not that's not possible but shooting it's not all the time so you have long periods of writing or you know or when you're probably not in the most intense part of the edit process. Well, you can be that, you can be so present. You can- Completely. When other people don't have breaks, so
3: yeah.
2: Then you, you
3: know. And we were still hung, like, I mean, Antonio, of course, less because he was on set, and but I was still spending most of the day with Emilio, but with someone with an extra set of arms that could like, Yeah. Like, I could like, like, yeah, it was, it, it just made it possible so we wouldn't like lose our minds and- and like, for example, go get a drink at the end of the day and just like be able to like take a breath and look at each other without having like a crying baby in between and talk about the movie for a minute. But, um, but yeah, I think it's important to embrace the help, all the help you can get.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that um, it took me a long time to learn. Uh, as a mom and as a producer, I just wanted to be like, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And then fast forward to like my late forties. And I'm like, you know what? I I can't do that like anymore. And I don't want to produce because I basically burned myself out. And, you know, I didn't practice any self-care. And I think that's a really important thing, um, especially in this business, because we run ourselves so ragged and you know, and, and not to just single out women, but I think I always felt like I had something to prove to all the men I was working to that. I was, you know, not going, you know, I wasn't too tired or I could bring my kids and they'd be fine. And I'd find a babysitter for whatever it may be. You were
5: producing a short film delivering, a, um, you know, I mean, Zephyr was, was, was quite premature. And I remember you were texting me and it was a, fucking short film (laughs) and I was like what are you doing
1: (laughs) I I I think you know I think it was a way to um to check out of my body and not deal with what was going on inside you know what I mean much more of like oh I'm going to pay attention to that over there because being here right now makes me really uncomfortable and like scared and is my son going to be okay you know so I think those coping mechanisms, which a lot of people have, right? You know, we don't necessarily um, always wanna like be in our bodies and and feel how we're feeling because it can be super painful. Um, But I also wanted to talk because I think between Brady and Antonio, the two of you have been involved in collaboration, not just together, but yes, together uh, for a very long time. I mean, Antonio, I think was you know, your group from NYU started Borderline, right? Um, and and that was in a very unusual. You were kind of the first of your kind, at least in the new generation of filmmaking, in the and that were that were trying to collaborate together because you had the smart idea of like we're going to get a lot more done and learn a lot more if we're doing it together and switching roles. Um, so what like? when you guys were in film school, what, how did that, like, how did that work for you? Like, where did you get inspired to do that? I know you're obviously making student films, so you need to rotate a little bit and someone shoots the camera, someone produces, you know, but but a lot of times egos get in the way, right? Of that sort of um, uh, uh, track. So ha- mm-hmm. how did that work with you guys? Were you all just super yin and like, oh my god, like you're great, you know? Or uh, like, how did that
4: work? <laughs> <laughs> we were not super yin. <laughs> <laughs> um, we it, it, it is a really good. But that was the when I went to NYU. I I had I had um, I had only dreamt of going to NYU. I was like, I didn't apply to any other school. I lived in the village. I grew up in the village, and I had dreamed about going to NYU. And um, and I got in, and I had. I had imagined it was going to be this kind of like this this amazing creative space where everybody just supported everybody else and and that like you know we just sat together and showed each other our favorite movies and then made mistakes together and learned from each other and and it was not that and everybody was like I'm a director and I'm an island and I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be Spielberg I'm gonna be Scorsese and um, and it felt very I was very lonely I just really I didn't I didn't get that kind of I really had i really love the collaborative aspect of filmmaking i love working with people um and that first year it just felt like everybody was just kind of like on their own path and they weren't really kind of looking for that and then the second year um is when i met sean and and josh i had known from high school but he, we weren't like friends or right now i just knew him He was like a year ahead of me and and when we so we crossed paths uh, just randomly one day. And Josh had heard that I had been making some I had been making short films from even before school and 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 Josh being the sort of like the sort of like the hustler that he 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 is and he was was kind of like let's make something happen here because you know you've you've made some short films. I've got a script. Sean is, you know, sh- Sean's down to produce with me and and so that's when the conversation started and what we just basically kind of agreed to is we agreed to this idea kind of what Mona and Brady talked about that sort of notion that like who who here is ready to go and and will produce for you you know Sean Josh will produce for me and and then and then I would pair up with Josh to produce for Sean and that was the idea and i think that the reason it worked was because because we really just wanted to make movies, and we really just saw this as the way. And it was very, we I guess we just we were um, we did put our ego aside because I, we just kind of needed to. It's like I was just more in a place to be the first one to make a feature, and um, and Sean and Josh didn't have that, weren't there yet, uh, and and so yeah, I mean it, it just it just worked, and I think the reason why it worked really well with us. At that point was we were developing a, a, a partnership and a friendship at the same time. Um, we didn't plan that. We just kind of started, It just started to, to be that way. And um, yeah, and, 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 and you know, the other thing we, we did, the other reason why it worked for as long as it did was, was we really, we, we, we were very serious about splitting every dollar three ways. And in the beginning that were, you know, that, that was, that was key. It was like when one's working making money, even if the other two aren't involved, because we had, you know, we were doing our own films together, but then between the films, we had to make something to sustain. And so we would do like little short form stuff and, and no matter who was doing it, the other two would benefit. They would get, you know, two thirds of it and that supported us and, and it worked, all, you know, worked all around. So if Sean was making money, we'd all make money. And we saw it as an investment in each other. And that was a really beautiful idea that worked for a long time. And then when, when it started to sort of get out of balance, we talked about it. And we were able to figure out a, another way to to, to, to make splitting up money work and not three ways. So it was a lot of, it was conversation. We had a lot of fights. We, we really were adamant about telling each other what we felt about each other when we were feeling it. And we were just super supportive of of, of, uh, of one another um, at that time.
1: That's amazing. So, so there. I mean, so you guys all were a little yin in a sense, like of you know.
4: I guess so. Having, I
1: practicing nonviolent communication, you know, or
0: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, like you were really. Um, <laughs> You know a very much an inspiration for so many filmmakers that came after you i mean i i've had a number of pas or office people who've gone on to who came out of nyu or other film schools that were all very in, like you guys were their role models you know and did and yeah. started the collaboration aspect as well because it was such it's such a great model yeah. and And it really should be utilized more because when you think about it, you know, film is, you know, we, this is one of the things, one of the reasons we started Film Roundtable was to really, you know, bring to the forefront of what a collaboration filmmaking is. Like it's really not just about the director or the writer or the actors, you know, and they seem to be the ones who, um, you know, get most of the accolades where there's just, you know, a film wouldn't be made without all of the other people that come, you know, below that triangle. Um, and and I, I think that's great. And I think it also makes it less daunting, right? If you have a group of people that are gonna work on things with you together, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's, that's really interesting and really great advice for people, you know, if they have other people who are interested in film to like, go at it together, you know, and, and try things. Yeah, um,
4: that's, that was the number one thing I, <laughs> I say to film students, the, you know, young filmmakers is, you know, don't, yeah, sort of put your ego aside and know that, you know, you'll be strong, you'll, you'll be stronger working as a group than you will be on your own. And the reality is, is you can't make a movie on your own. And so embrace that. Um, and, 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 you know, from the from the point of from the beginning um, mm-hmm. and you'll have a better chance of succeeding. And the other thing was, you know, we never were, we were never sort of out of things to do because we were always I we were always thinking about story. We were always thinking about filmmaking, because if one, you know, if it wasn't my own film, I was thinking about Sean's and I was thinking about Josh's or, you know, eventually we we're thinking about other filmmakers that we were uh, helping out. So
3: and, it, and and I think it transcends like your partnership with them in the, like. I think people that are very guarded of their job, their work and they won't share it or like you can't read it until it's ready or you can't watch a cut until it's ready. They're just missing out on like great collaboration. Like it's Mm -hmm. so helpful, like for us that we, most of our friends in New York work in film. It's just like, like use their eyes and their talent and like have them watch your stuff and show it even if it's embarrassing or, you know, it's not in a good place because you're going to get great things out of it. So I think... I think like letting your guard down in terms of collaboration really helps the process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's and also I think just to you know bring Brady into this is Brady was really part of a border a borderline as well. I remember um, you know just being an actor, and I know maybe editing. Right? Didn't you help edit? Were you involved in some I mean, editing? Two gates of sleep,
5: which is a movie, which is a movie that. Um, that borderline uh, produced for another filmmaker that was outside of the the main group called Alistair Banks Griffin.
0: Yeah,
4: and- I mean that's where Brady and I really bonded. You know, we bonded I, uh, with we met Brady through Banks Griffin, and um, and then it was at Sundance with Protect You and Me that Brady and I really got close. And then and then you know it was it was like Brady's just just an amazing filmmaker. And and, and that's, we really got close through the editing process of, uh, of, um, of.
5: Yeah, I mean, one, one thing is very interesting about like, about borderline. And I think that, you know, I, I, this, this, this had a lot to do with Joshua Mons kind of spirit and tenacity, but, but really like everybody was, like would make a movie, like once the, everyone had decided to make a movie, like the movie was getting made. So whether you got $300,000 for the movie or $400,000 for the movie or $800,000 for the movie, it's like, you know, like we, we did them no, no matter what. And I think that that, you know, has had a major impact on my approach because, you know, you always start off with a budget that is usually uh, double or even a little more than double of what you end up with. And, you know, I, I spend most of my life talking the rest of my team on these movies off of a ledge uh, because um, uh, people feel like, well, it's just impossible. We're dead in the water. And my feeling is like movies get made as long as you don't stop making them and like you make them like no matter i'm like okay fuck it i'll shoot the last 15 minutes of the movie on an iphone and it'll be better for it you know like and i think that um uh but what's interesting is is to sort of like be on everyone that was a part of that group was also very stubborn so the movies were formalist movies meaning that they were really not shot on iphones um and uh and and yet there was still a way for them to be formally daring and uncompromising and still not cost a lot of money and so i mean and then you you it was um it was definitely like trial by fire but there was like a lot there's a lot of stuff that even now you know when i'm making movies that have you know much bigger budgets than we than we had back then I'm still like why the fuck does like so and so have a trailer like fuck the trailer <laughs> Like I mean, that's insane. I was like, it cost me ninety thousand dollars to service that fucking trailer and travel that fucking trailer, and it's like so liberating to just like when you're and people are like, well, you know, I mean, if we get rid of their trailer, you know, we're gonna have to get rid of your trailer, and I'm like, I don't want a fucking trailer. (laughs) (laughs) What What director ever
4: goes to their trailer? Director? No
5: no one
0: no it's, it's, it smells it's, it's, like, a it's, it's, like we
4: need to get it in the contract we got to get your trailer and you're like okay get it in the contract but i'm never going to go into it you're
0: like oh, okay it's only we that. got your
4: room we got your room on a triple banging. You. you're like all right great cool no but
5: every but everything is like that where you sort at a certain point you know you then you start going through and you're looking at transpo and you're like yeah. okay so how can we save some money with transpo and it's like and it's like, well, it's like not every single person in the cast their own car. I'm like, let, let's put, you know, like two people in a van. Like, you know, they'll be fine. And so it's just... A, and it's,
2: everyone <laughs> is fine with that. So if you actually, like, there's really... Exactly, exactly. The only exactly. way I think for and because of the way we all started making movies is that we really were such a big part of, of building our budgets and making it work with the money that we had. Um, then, then I think you know. I, th- I think that's sort of, that's something you take with you as you go, and as you have more money, and as you have more money to make a movie, you really are just like I still am not going to have this added ridiculous luxury that doesn't go on screen.
5: As a story, a story um, that we that we often uh, um, uh, reminisce about, Antonio and I, is when we were when we were making Simon Killer in Paris. All of us were incredibly broke. I mean really really broke and you know we were we were living in and uh in and uh, working in a fairly expensive city and i remember that i went to uh to to um uh and Antonio's partner Josh and I asked him for money. Uh I, I asked him for two Euros. <laughs> and, he's, and he said, what do you need two Euros for? And I was like, I was like, I don't know, I just want like a pan chocolat or something. <laughs> like, a cookie cookie. I'm fucking hungry, dude. And he was like, he was like, "What do you need a fucking banjo guava for?" He's like, you got spaghetti in the fridge." <laughs> yeah, i
4: will boil an egg. i will boil an egg. I was cute. I I shared a bed with my co-editor, who was my friend oh, that's from that's back in like Raleigh, because I didn't have room. <laughs> <laughs> Me and him were sleeping like he was like. Babak was also a
0: very, he was also
4: like a a brilliant filmmaker from Iran. (laughs) He came to help on that movie. Another sort of part of like this sort of collaborative family. It's just like we all help whenever he came. We needed someone to help edit the movie. And he came from London and we didn't have an extra room. So the the edit room was our bedroom for me and Babak. And there was one bed and we shared that bed for like 20 days. And... uh, you Know we just did what we had, to and do.
0: it was a
5: privilege, and we woke up every day. And we were
1: well, well, just to, to put this in there and to caveat, Brady's like my brother. Um, he and I shared a bed at Sundance <laughs> for protecting. Oh, my God, that's right, <laughs> <him for laughs> place that Fox gave him for like 500 days of summer or something, right? Didn't we? Yeah,
0: yeah, I did forgot about that, done? but that's so right. My husband. Oh,
1: sorry. Funny. No,
4: no, no. So the first time that Brady, the first night that we met, like the first time we hang out, Brady, we ended up in the we slept in the same bed. We fell asleep in the same bed in Sundance.
0: <laughs> so it was a know, brother, Jack I, I was that <laughs> I left? Every,
5: every time that I get on the phone with an actor's agent. And they start bitching about them not, you know, they're only flying business class. And so they should be flying first class. Well, I was like, well, they could be sharing a bed with me. <laughs> 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 There's a precedent for that.
0: <laughs> Dude, like, pass me to Bay uh, You can't go down that road at all. <laughs> You're just like, uh, uh, I'm going
5: to try yeah. that angle. Yeah. See how far yeah, it gets yeah. me. See,
0: see uh, or, or,
5: or, or babak.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a, like an important thing to note that the three of you, Mona, Brady, and Antonio as directors are also very much producers. Obviously, Antonio, you pr- you've you been producing for a long time with your other partners, but, and not a lot of directors are like that. Like not a lot of directors are super involved in every line number on their budget and how it, it should be used. And I think that it's really, um. That's a valuable piece of information for up and coming directors to to really take note of that and really learn where everything is going um, on a job on a film because you can you know you have the power a little bit to move things around and see exactly what you need and not let it be a runaway train and I remember when I think it was when Brady was trying to finance Vox Lux and he was doing it really alone except for a couple of different line producers who were bidding the job out for him or budgeting it and he was taking on so much and i you know and i remember talking to him about like why don't you just get somebody who can like help you and you know you were very much like i need to know where this money's going like you know yeah, so I
0: mean I
5: I one thing that's very interesting is that of course on the one hand like you know the years since I started uh, uh, making my own films, and um, uh, and and since I met Mona, and since we started a family together, our, our we have richer lives, like we have better lives, and I would say happier lives overall. But really, um, uh, I mean, the 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 stress of making these movies that are very ambitious um, in, especially like in in a period of time where like the fate of the kind of big screen uh, movie going experience is so up in the air um, now this year more than ever, um, which means that you're always being asked for more and more and more and being given less, less, less to actually uh, achieve it. But I think that, that, I I think that you know if if there were any option for me to not be involved uh with every single line item of the budget which you know takes Mm -hmm. years to develop and actualize um I would be I I I'd I'd get probably about 60 or 70 percent of my free time back Mm -hmm. um however um, part of the reason that the movies are uncompromising, for better or for worse, meaning that if people like them or they hate them, they are uncompromised movies. And the reason that they're uncompromised is, is really because the power is in the budget. And so if you, if, so, if, if someone is giving you a hard time about spending three or four thousand dollars on a lens that you need to special order for that day and you happen to know that four thousand dollars was spent on a dinner that no one needed to attend the night before then you are in a powerful position to say uh, fuck that um mm-hmm. and i think that you know it's like I'm not stingy in any other aspect of my life, but like the movies, like I suddenly become like it's like a like is my little piggy bank, you know? Yeah, but, it, but
2: it is, and I think that that within that lies the freedom uh, to to make the creative choices that you want. And you make compromises, yes.
5: but you make compromises that you that, that, yeah, well that you well. that you also. You say, okay, like I move this sand around in the box. What am I left with? Mm-hmm. Okay, they're like, we have a little less film to shoot with tomorrow. Is it like, am I, is it safe for me to give that up?
0: Mm-hmm. And then,
5: and then, you know, once people work with me for a little while and they realize that when you say, I need you to do this, pull the trigger, order the fucking thing, mm-hmm. and then tomorrow I'll, you'll see you know, are, are the, uh, we're, we're only gonna shoot 4,000 feet as opposed to 7,000 feet or 8,000 feet. And then if you do that enough times, people also start to trust you. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, it's, also, it's always a trust building exercise and uh, because you're always working with new people. Um, but anyway, just to take this back to where it all began, I do think what's very interesting is that I obviously had worked for many, many years on on many movies with Greg Araki and Michael Haneke and all sorts of, of, um, uh, with all sorts of filmmakers and and made a lot of different kinds of movies. But borderline, I think that making those movies, I think I really uh, metabolized something that I had never been exposed to before. Because when you're acting in a movie, um, you know, you are really in a bubble, and now, and now I really appreciate what a bubble I was in,
0: uh, because I'm like, I'm like, oh
5: fuck, <laughs> like, like, like now I'm like in the in the in the machine room, and it's hot down here. <laughs> so I think that it sort of is like, I like that was a very interesting merger. Of get of gaining production experience because there was no there were no there was no middleman on those movies because the crews were too small the films were just too too inexpensive.
0: Yeah, and
2: I actually asked I asked Antonio to sit down and have a coffee with me uh, right before I made my first film. Do you remember that? And yep. Antonio kind of like because I, I was like because I said I have. Did he sh- Did he show up? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he said you're good to go. Just do it. It was kind of like, I, I was like, I think, can you guys help me out? I don't know. I was like, I have this chunk of money and I have this plan. And I have this, You know, I had all these bits and pieces sort of together. And he was just like, just do it.
0: Like,
4: you know, that was kind of the attitude we had. I mean, I remember, I remember Sean, before Martha, we were, we were really struggling to get Martha made and. We decided to make a short film uh, that Sean had written called Mary Last Seen and, uh, and and um, we had 500 bucks on a credit card. That was all we had. And Sean, who was always the most uh, you know, financially responsible one of the three of us was like, I don't know. I don't know if we should make it's literally the last $500 we have. I don't know if we should make it. And I was like, what else are we going to do with that $500? Let's go make this movie. And, and, and we did, and we did it for $500. And, and it was like, and then there would be a restaurant where, where, where they wouldn't accept a credit card. And then Josh had figured out some way to use a credit card somewhere else to get $20 from the store so they could pay for the, the Chinese food to feed the crew. And it was just like, you kind of go, all right, well, like we got each other. We've got a camera, we've got a location. And, uh, and, and, we, can, and we have 500 bucks, so let's, let's make a movie.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's interesting because there is no one formula, right? It's kind of what, what works for the individuals and how you kind of have to push your comfort zone a little bit of what you're willing to do. And, and, and maybe, and then you discover that space that you have like, oh, okay, I can do this. You know, I can, I can bet on $500 and go make something. And that's better than spending that money on, on something else, you know, and and instead we get to create together. Um, I wanted to, to talk to Mona for a second because she finished her film um, before quarantine hit and was actually able to get it done (laughs) during quarantine and post, which really was a collaboration because I think if I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of quarantined with your team or with some of your team, right? In a house in, on Long Island and and got it finished, right? With your editor, with some of the actors, obvious, obviously with Brady and your daughter. Um, but how did, you know, how did that rally together to happen?
2: So basically I, I had finished the edit, thank God. Uh, okay. So I just locked the edit. Uh, finished edit
1: before March. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, finished the edit before March. So I was doing the music and the sound and color and the effects and everything. That's mm-hmm. when I had left An ADR, uh, some of the ADR and stuff like that. So I, I, I got. I saw what's happening in Norway, and the plan all along was to finish the sound mix uh, in Long Island with my, edit- my sound editor, because uh, he has a studio out there, so um, uh, so, so Leslie and I were always going to go out there, but then uh, when I saw what's was happening in Norway and how the lockdown was happening there, I uh, basically was like, okay, I told one of my actors to come with us, Chris Abbott to come out there so that I could finish his atr and also just you know capture him to stay with us and entertain us with his lovely personality and uh, and then brought brady and our daughter and then we reached actually we shot to sofia and antonio and said can you guys uh if you guys quarantine and completely isolate for two weeks can you come and join us Mm. Uh, because Antonio and Sofia were also working on finishing Devil All the Time. Mm. Um, And Antonio was in a writer's room. So we basically set up a mini pod together where we could uh, share childcare and therefore also work because we were just us together. So we would take turns watching the kids and then finishing the movies.
3: Um, So I- I The four of us. Yeah. Brady's mom and Chris Brady,
4: Brady and I usually did like morning shifts uh, with the kids. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and then Brady, mornings. Yeah. And and you it was the, the only way we would have survived the quarantine. I think we would have gone. It was
2: the only way because we were all working full time. Sophia yeah. was editing. Like, I, I, you, you got you had a ton of work, and I was so, either I, I, on Zoom or in person with our editor, who was also in our pod. Uh, sound editor? Uh, in our pod. It, yeah, like in our little, like, yeah. <laughs> no,
0: little no,
5: little no, it's, that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah,
2: in our pod. It's just a, so, um,
5: it's a funny so, new turn of phrase.
2: I know, right? <laughs> so, but, but this is, yeah, so we we somehow, because we, we you know, set it up like this, we just basically extended this Airbnb that production had gotten for us and just stayed, kept on staying there uh, so that we could alternate childcare and, and just keep on working during during that period, so somehow we got to finish our movies, but you know we were tearing our hair out. All of us trying to look at the effects on an iPad and like trying to listen to a mix on headphones, with, looking at it, trying to finish your film on a computer when that was not how it was intended to you know to be seen. It's, it's really difficult, very difficult. It was very frustrating. But um, you're color
0: correcting, weren't you? Well,
2: the, the cool thing was that in the end, we were trying to do color on just on remote, but then luckily at the very end, right before Venice, uh, New York opened up again, and they allowed us to get back into um, the studio. So then we were like with masks on, like far apart, uh, able to be in the theater, me and, and my colorist and then my uh, DP in Paris in a different theater. Hmm. And I think Tony did the same thing. Yeah, and with, me, the same,
3: with the same colorings. And, yeah, same and, colors.
2: Yeah, same colorists. And luckily we figured out that you could, because we were like, how are we going to know what my DP is pointing at? Because she's in a different room and can't point at the screen with the laser. But luckily we could move, uh, my colorist could like move the mouse on the image. And we can be like, is it, hmm. is it that part? <laughs> and then we could communicate that way on the phone for hours and hours and then finally
1: got the you know
3: get to finish
1: the film. But wow. um yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. The, the, <laughs> the quarantine was like the ultimate like like if this is like husband wife collaboration, this was like weird we 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 were like sister wives. We were like some weird like kind of like community well, where we were like the kids were so confused. Like my kid was calling like Brady's mom grandma. Like like <laughs> we it like, was like it really uh, felt like you're like kind it, of like religious community.
5: Antonio, Antonio and Sophia's son, Emilio, he he started speaking a little bit of Norwegian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was
2: like I was like, why isn't Antonio letting uh, Emilio eat? Because he kept saying. <laughs> Dude. And I was like, why is he just letting him outside? And I was like, oh, he's just- <laughs> he just wants to go outside. Oh, well,
1: well. How, how was that for your guys' relationship? Like on top, like the stress of finishing a film, quarantine, COVID. Like I feel like 2020 oh. has been full of challenges on so many levels. Um, it was so sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <it> was- <laughs> <laughs>
2: It was great, you know.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty good good, uh, test of our friendship. Yeah, because of our marriage and all a lot of sweatpants. Oh, (laughs) Uh, we decided to
2: make a short film for Netflix.
0: Uh, We made a a short film for
4: Netflix that sort of consumed our, our lives. While we were also, like, trying to finish our movies, also, like, Writing no, know. but
3: honestly, it would have been impossible if we were back in the city and we yeah, didn't have each other's support. We're, yeah, like we when we really quarantined me and Antonio before we met when uh, meet you guys, we were like stay with the three of me Antonio and the baby stayed in the house for two weeks without leaving, and we live in a tiny, tiny like broken apartment, and it was yeah,
4: insane. it was insane.
3: Like it was actually insane. Like I have pictures where like my house just looks like like a fucking yeah. like war zone it's yes, yeah. I mean it so was intense I can't like for anyone that stayed behind the entire time and didn't have like help yeah. I don't know how they did it I really yeah. don't
4: I mean it's again it's like the sort of on a bigger it goes back to the very beginning sort of you know um the sort of working so closely with someone can be challenging, but then there's also just like, you also, it can be the reason you get through something. I mean, yeah. and the reason I think we all survived uh, and, and came out of it, like uh, the, the quarantine with all our work known and sort of our kids sort of reasonably normal was because we support each other so much through that process. Um, and uh, yeah. we had
5: a pretty good time. Yeah, yeah we, had a good time. A of, we were under a lot of stress, but we had a pretty yeah. good time.
4: There was a lot of alcohol in the house. A lot of, a lot a lot of, of water.
5: I have I haven't touched a Negroni since, <laughs> <laughs> since I left the house. So.
2: No, I mean it, but I but I do I think Tonya is right. I think that the whole sort of idea that you are, you know, that you that you rely on a lot of people when you make a movie and that you can ask for help and if you are lucky enough to have some people around you want to contribute to that and 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 work with you, then, you know, to really utilize that <coughs> as much as possible. I think it's really, really key and yeah. um, and also yeah, during these difficult times like 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 now to To be able to to rely on some other people to help with, (coughs) because you can't. I mean, you can't can't really work if you had are taking care of children full time, like whatever. It doesn't work, at least not with our kids. That's not possible. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I really felt um, we were in Brooklyn the whole time. Like I was in Egypt until March thirteenth, and I flew in from Egypt, and then was basically (coughs) kind of keeping me at bay of what was actually happening in the US while I was in Egypt. I was like living in a whole other universe. And I came back and um, I remember I flew back and got in that night and I was like, can we go out to dinner? He's like, I'm not sure what you don't understand about quarantine. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. And then it was like, we did not leave our house. We did not get out of New York from that day until July, Mm-hmm. 13th or something where we finally went camping for two days um and i have a, a 13 and a 13 year old and a 15 year old and it was really hard like it was really hard i thought at first i was like oh my god i'm so happy my kids aren't little little but it was also really hard with that age kids of I like mean,
5: i think that is a worse age
1: it was intense and the, the reason it was, it was intense
5: but we yeah. so we spoke we spoke to a friend of ours that you know will shall remain anonymous, who had a you know an older teenager that had probably lost their virginity like a few days before this happened,
0: oh, my God. and
5: and then suddenly was kept from seeing their girlfriend for months. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> So it like it's s-
5: just like, yeah, like the, like, you know, this yeah. sort of, I mean, who, and so the kid, they were fucking losing their mind. Yeah. They wanted, they wanted to, they were crying all the time and you don't understand how much I need him and
3: her. <laughs> I mean, it's hard, it's hard
5: a I think, nightmare.
3: It's hard, I think for, for like each age has its own very specific challenges, but but I think when they're older, it's harder for the kids themselves mm-hmm. like, like Ada and Emilia, we could trick them into some sort of normalcy, or it like, was so like so, yeah, yeah. And and, and if they didn't have each other, it would have be been so much harder.
1: Yeah, and um, I think also having older kids, they're very aware of the parents' patterns too, and then they call you on that shit all the time. Yeah. You know, so there's like no escape from the mirror, like it's yeah. constantly in your face. Like, oh my god.
5: <laughs> oh, I should use my phone less. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and it was, so it was interesting, though. Like it was interesting how we went through cycles. You know, there were really great times where we were really bonding, and there were times, as my son Zephyr would say, "I'm really surprised we haven't killed each other all yet." You know, and like it was a lot of going going back and forth. Um, but it was an amazing experience, you know. And I think we definitely had a chance to revisit. Uh, with at a time with our children when they're ready to really separate you know and kind of have a chance to be like oh let's take these moments and really try to appreciate them Um, but it definitely wasn't easy especially kids at this age you know it's hard for them to see the forest between the trees you know as far as like the scope of what's happening in the world Um, and and looking at that in a perspective and I think you know, that brings up I think kids these days, especially in this age range are having a lot of anxiety because they don't have a perspective, you know? And and obviously we don't either. I mean, 2020 is like unprecedented. Trump was unprecedented, you know? I mean, we're, it just, the you know, the, it, like the floor just but keeps you know dropping.
5: It was.
1: Did I say what
5: Trump was unprecedented? <laughs> I'm
1: glad. It feels oh, really
0: good.
1: <laughs> feels it feels It Came out that way. No, so that's no, crazy.
5: no, no. I just anyway. Yeah. I'm sorry to
0: interrupt.
1: That's okay. Um, yeah. So, so Sophia and Antonio. Well, like, what are your you're your pregnant? Obviously, Sophia. Congratulations. When when are you due? I'm
3: due in January. That was uh-huh. this was a. COVID uh, lockdown <laughs> accident that happened in, uh, <laughs> in the pod. <laughs> uh, in the pod. It was funny also because we were drinking a lot of wine at night and I was like, did anyone else like throw up? And I was like, wait, like, like, I think I ate something that like sat wrong with me. And Mona was like, I think you're pregnant. I was like, I am not. And um, Mona got me a test and I was mm. very uh <laughs> That changed the dynamic too. Yeah, that changed the dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I- I, I got you a test.
0: I actually got you a test. Oh. And, and, and then I gave it to Mona to give yeah. to
3: you. <laughs> I really got it. And also, I was so sure that I wasn't pregnant that I didn't do the test for like six days. And then one day I went to pee in the morning and I did it. And I left it in the bathroom and I forgot about it. And I went back to bed. And then I like got up an hour late and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and that's how pregnant I thought I was. Because with Emilia, it was impossible to get pregnant. (laughs) 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 But uh,
0: yeah.
1: Are you guys staying in Chile for a while? Yeah, we're staying in Chile. We're having a baby
3: here. Yeah, we decided to come here because we wanted to try to skip the winter. Mm-hmm. Antonio's riding so he could do it from here
0: mm-hmm.
3: and here I have support from my family and I just wasn't looking forward to be stuck in quarantine in my apartment with a toddler and a newborn in the middle of the winter Yeah. so we got lucky and we managed to we couldn't get into Chile because Antonio and Emilia don't have citizenship and they wouldn't let them in so it was really hard to leave New York it took us like a while and we finally managed
1: mm-hmm.
3: but yeah we're gonna have the baby here Good.
1: yeah you I was. One thing I've spent a lot of, it was interesting, you guys were talking about how you couldn't have really survived um quarantine without potting together and like having that support. And that's one thing that's come really clear to me. And I don't know if it will come into fruition, but that it is, it's so necessary, right? Like even with older kids, like I was like, oh my God, if we only had like a big piece of property where people could build houses kind of far away from each other, but then you could yep. have like, meal spot and not that i want to be in a commune at all but just to be like kind of pod together people could take the kids the women could all hang out the men could all hang out you could have time with your partner alone you could have help with meals like i i haven't cooked so much in my life in the last like eight months um and it would be really it would be great like that that's kind of we were
3: looking, we were like on on CILO and looking at houses upstate, mm-hmm. like fantasizing about places that we could not. We were afford. like, let's just keep this caravan. Let's, yeah. let's just keep it going <laughs> for a care. year. Where going, yes. Yeah,
4: where are we moving?
3: <laughs> Brady was cooking every night.
1: Yeah, that's Making
3: a treat. Yeah, Tea after dinner. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I- we have a question. I'm not quite sure who it's who it's um, directed towards, but uh, someone asked And maybe Brady, but not to get political, but you've made politically aware films. And I'm curious how on the front burner for you, politics is when conceiving a story. In other words, are you looking to tell stories that are timely or timeless? Interesting question. Who
0: would
2: like to take this one? I think think, think that um, you know with uh i think when brady and i set out to write something um we are always we're always looking for something that is timeless uh but if you're lucky what you are concerned about what you are interested in what you think is important speaks to your time as well mm. but you know making something that is for this fall or next spring is, you know, it's, it's, it's too much of an undertaking to make something that's supposed to be for right now. It has to be something that you think is worthwhile spending years and years on. And
1: mm-hmm. that is
2: interesting and that and you feel is important for years and years. And um, I think that um, that, you know, some of the stories that we approach, you know, they really do. They're, they're, there are a lot about history and looking back at history and how history uh, points to the present day, even if it's re- recent history like Vox Lux or, or much, much further, um, um, you know, like, or, or even the, the new film that we wrote together that Brady's directing now called The Brutalist, which is about, which is an historic piece as well. But I, I you know, we are always trying to find how it connects to
0: present day as well.
5: Yes, I would say that, you um, That politics, uh, um, you know, it it, it's everyday stuff like you know, uh, uh, pages of newspapers they shed. I'm more interested in um, uh, really um, uh, what what comes or what's left uh after uh politics meaning like you know um what are what are the the remnants are of 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 or, or you know the, the the aftermath um i think that generations are defined by those aftermaths um and i am not that interested in um uh, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm only interested in, in, in the, in, 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 the, the result of that infighting. Um, and, uh, I think that, um, there is, um, uh, you know, in, in the, the, the idea for uh with 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 cinema um is that it's supposed to transcend politics and it's supposed to uh uh transcend time uh because you know you are able to reorganize time you are able to fit it inside of two hours or three hours you stack it up you you you, you you start at the end and you move back to the beginning. You invert everything. Mm-hmm. For me, cinema is time travel, and um, or, or, or or the closest thing that we have. Um, and and therefore, you know, I am interested in stories that reflect cinema and 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 and, and re- reflect the the, um, uh, the 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 very. Um, Essence of the tool. Um, you are. Uh, it, it is. A, it is a sort of um, architecture uh, that uses uh, time as its fundamental element. Um, therefore, I am. I am very interested in making work which is uh, defiantly apolitical uh, in a way. Um, uh, by being devoted to, uh, what politics, uh, built up and or destroyed. Um, and that is a very long answer to a very, very complicated question. But if the question was for me, um, which is not, we're not even sure, (laughs) that would be my response to it.
1: Um, the response was such thoughtful answers to my question about politics. Thank you.
5: A plus, you got it. It would be a shame if the response was wrong guy. Yeah, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah that's a. I mean, that is an interesting thing about your movies. I feel how they. How I don't even know how to put it into words, but how you're taking on something that's happening in the moment or has been happening, but are you know structuring it in in a non-obvious sort of way. Does that make does that make sense? You know, with childhood of the leader, which was was that pre-Trump? Yes. Or it, was was that pre-Trump. A, it was pre-Trump, and, right? A little foreshadowing. Just, no. <laughs> yes. I mean
2: you know, it, it, it is clearly something to think about at that particular time. But
5: yeah, I mean, but I mean, chi- but chi- child yeah. childhood is 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 interesting because it's a virtual history. Yes, it's um,
0: not an that, actually, that
5: imagines yeah. uh, that the the, the the child of uh, a European parent and yeah. an American parent um, uh, 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 be- becomes uh, um, an autocrat. Now, um, I. The, the the reason that we chose to have this this character, you know, come from um, uh, uh, from two different lineages,
0: mm-hmm.
5: is that at the end of the day, where where you're from or where it's happening is is yeah. more or less unimportant. It might you know it might uh, it might uh, give specific shape to the way you are enabled the way that you are able to enact. Uh, um, uh, on on your autocracy um, however um basically uh, whether we are talking about bolsonaro or Trump uh, or uh, our, our, our good pal Victor in, in Hungary um, who was who was the first person to build a wall
0: mm-hmm.
5: um, you know they're they're all the same and and that movie was about the fact mm-hmm. that it's kind of irrelevant, you know, where, uh, 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 where this is or who this is because it's, it's, it's an ideology, which is, which is universal.
3: And I think that that's true to all of all like storytelling, but like when you tap into something that's, authentic and real or specific it trans and, and that happens a lot I think with like international cinema like the movies that break through tend to be the one that tap into something that it's universal even though it's very particular mm-hmm. and I think yeah with politics it's the same it's like if you tap into something that's like truthful to it's gonna like translate like time or realities because it's just it's just bigger than that.
5: Yeah. And, there, and, and, the th- and there's just not that many different formulas for it too. It yeah. sort of is like, you know, it's, it's always like some, some, someone that, some, some, some egomaniac mm-hmm. um, that is exploiting people at a very vulnerable moment in time in, in their history. And so, you know, that's what happens to us it's amazing that we now know that it can happen to us and it did happen to us. And, and next time it could be worse. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, I mean, and, and and we're obviously not out of the weeds yet. I mean, yeah. who knows how people respond uh, to, um, uh, to Biden's uh, absolute uh, unequivocal victory um, uh, because of how much doubt uh, um, the, the, the current president has sown about this election. Um, uh, however, um, you know, I, I really do think that things can always get worse. And, and, I, and I think that this is, I think we need to, to change policies. I think we need to talk about new checks and balances uh, to make sure that this, this brand of, of, of autocracy, uh, uh, never takes hold of the United States uh, of America ever again.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, yeah, it's interesting. And, and I think that film was very much of like the, the, the manual of how to make an, how to raise a narcissist or how to create a narcissist. And it's kind of an interesting, you know, it's a manual that if you look back in any sort of um, autocratic leaders. You know they kind of have all similar upbringings in a lot in a lot of ways. Um, so that's interesting.
5: Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. I mean, something that that, that it's interesting is that it's interesting to talk about because I haven't talked about this movie in a long time. Actually, mm. I mean, probably since we were mm. doing press for the movie when it came out six years ago or something. But but the um, uh, but for for us that movie was always about setting a stage for where where maybe it's this that made the yeah. character, you know, move in that direction, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's this, or perhaps, um, you know, uh, uh, it wasn't one thing or it was none of those things. You know, I mean, it's like, you it is an unanswerable question in yeah. a way. I mean, we, we actually were, we, we, the idea was to start with this sort of Freudian psychology mm-hmm. that you then start muddying as the yeah. movie, you know, proceeds.
0: I loved
2: working on the character of the mother in that film. We kept mm-hmm. doing passes and passes on that character, really like looking at my grandmother and my, my grandmother's grandmother and, and our, our family history as well, and, and, which is like a long line of women wanting. Uh, to 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 study a long line of intellectuals who were not allowed to have the opportunity to study um, or to, to to pursue that and sort of, I mean obviously again as per said what we looked at where we we didn't say that oh well this is about he had a bad mother so therefore he bec- became a, a fascist leader like that that would be ridiculous, but to say that all of these components, you know, the father figure, the mother figure, the society around him, um, you know, everything that was happening, the, the Everything father, made everything, him do it. There's... Everything, the whole society, everything, is history is responsible for this.
5: My, fa- the, 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 this is the last thing I'll say about it so we can move on, but it's just only interesting given uh, uh, Biden's win today, mm-hmm. which is that there, the, the, the conclusion of camus the stranger what which is which is you know for anyone that has not read it, it's about somebody somebody who who commits a, a crime which is out of character for them to commit uh, a, a murder and um and it's sort of it, it sort of builds to a moment when uh, the character is being interrogated and he finally um exclaims uh It's, uh, you know, they're like, what made you do it? And he says, well, um, it's the, it it was, it was so hot that day. You, you, You know, it was so hot. And every, and everyone says, well, what does that have to do with anything? So, well, I was very uncomfortable. I had I had put on a I, I put on something that was too warm to be on the beach that day, and and the sun was in my eyes, and I was in possession of, 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 a, of a pistol, and you know I I, I was I, I'm not accustomed to handling a pistol, and you know uh, and suddenly there was this silhouette coming at me, and. And, and, and I had sweat in my eyes and then I pulled the trigger and then I and then the sound of the of of, 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 um, uh, of the bullet coming out of the chamber was so frightening that I pulled it again and again and again and again and I and I and what's so interesting about about Camus sort of take on what makes us do it what we do is is that sometimes it's just the weather and I think that that is like a chilling reality that we must all sort of confront, which is that I mean sometimes if you ever snap at your kid or you snap at your, you know, wife or husband, you you and, and you're like, you're not sure why. <laughs> it's like, it's like you, it's like, oh my God, actually it's a little hot in here, isn't it? <laughs> or or whatever. And I and I think it's interesting that something that that, that minutia could sort of uh, d- define major political happenings.
4: Well, I mean, if you go back to Trump, it's like it d- does the moment that he decides to be president happen at that dinner where Obama makes fun of him. Is that the moment that like that little jab at his ego just sets him off on this path? It's that that little that little lip that was like it.
5: Yeah. And, and the thing that's strange about that guy is that because he's lived so much of his life in public it actually is easier than other public figures to be that reductive. However, because he can't help but constantly tell everybody what he's thinking all the time, he <laughs> actually can sort <laughs> of trace these things back to their origins. I mean, the problem with Donald Trump is, is really, and this is a weird thing, which is that I, it's really going to be hard to make a drama, the drama that Donald Trump deserves uh, because um, he's so absurd. And so it's really hard to figure out how to treat
2: it tonally. Yeah, no one wants to make that movie. It's very okay.
1: freaky. <laughs> but I also feel like um, Donald Trump is a reflection of, of his constituency. You know what I mean? So he's so many things like and that could be an interesting way to tell the story of Donald Trump is not necessarily through you know a biopic on Donald Trump it's a reflection of where we are in
5: I, mean, I, I don't I don't think it's just his constituency because I feel like he is a reflection of of where and who we are as as, as a whole to some degree because totally. Totally. And not, 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 in, not in every not in every you know sense of course um, but I do think it's interesting that you know a lot a lot of his sort of uh, baseness and ugliness, uh, is relatable and his mm-hmm. and his narcissism, especially like when all of us, you know, and we're all adults, but all of us spend time on Instagram and Twitter and all this fucking shit. And we're like, and and, and, and past judgment on, on those around, all of us are guilty of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
5: so it is very, very strange to see the physical manifestation of what I believe is the worst and maybe more importantly, the most pathetic of us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and how he keeps shifting, you know, he kind of shifts into the reflection of what we are putting out there, you know, as as a society, um, you know, especially especially the comfort of white people, you know, how, how comfortable we are in our white privilege, you know, it's um, it, uh, even the most Progressive liberals who are white have a hard a hard time looking at how deeply they need to shift and change to make the the changes that have to happen in 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 this country and in our systemic racism and it's it's just it's interesting it's an interesting time I mean it's interesting how many people voted for Trump in this election after four years you know that they were able to look the other I, way
5: I know it's insane
1: than I mean, love them. They, people love him. I mean, they, you know, they, they love him and it, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but I'm, I'm, and I, and I think that it was an interesting week that it wasn't that we had, we had this week to really sit and think about like, oh my God, look at where we are. You know, I think if it was such an immediate, um, like a landslide, uh, you know, we wouldn't have been sitting in this discomfort all week and and mm. and really analyzing, like, oh, my God. Like, I know this is something I think about a lot. And I know how shocked and saddened I was to think of how many people came out and voted for him after he had been he's the most horrible, despicable person. And and then that that like my I had so much more faith in humanity, you know, and I think this week has been really interesting to sit with that and be like, oh, my God, we have so much work to do. We have so much work to do. Um, and, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how we move forward and that I hope, you know, Biden isn't just a band aid, you know, on the on the wounds that have been collecting Um there is uh, someone had responded about Brady's Camus a comment and said uh, how much she loves Camus and the stranger. And she said that uh, people have been misquoting it on social media in the last 48 hours to make the exact opposite argument that that Brady just made. And that that's interesting. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So, but it is a good day. I mean, we should all be.
0: Yeah,
5: I mean, I, I think the one thing that is really strange is that I what what, what I'm what I'm interested in in terms of, of these numbers, in terms of you know seventy million people, um, voting for, for Donald Trump, is that um, you know I think that you know only thirty million of them, can be assholes. So, who is everyone else? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's very, I mean, because he has such a, he really has such a strong base that, uh, that, that's really just his, uh, it's an echo chamber. So the, I'm not interested in the echo chamber. I am interested in everyone that is, is just outside of the echo chamber. I am in because they the, the really uh, deserve uh, everyone's uh, ear and, and attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, as people are, as those people are mourning this loss, we really need to try to dial in to uh, to why. Because I I, re- I refuse to believe that that uh, that I can certainly believe that that you know uh, um, the echo chamber is 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 really that bigoted. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine that that everyone else is, and right. so. Um, uh, or, 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 and, and, and if they are, uh, it's, it's, um, it's you know, at least once or twice removed. So I, I just think, I, I really wanna know, I wanna know why so many elderly people um, did not feel personally attacked by being thrown to the wolves for, uh, for, for, for the economy, which by the way, it wouldn't be effective for the economy anyhow. Um, so and, and that's what it's so this weird thing. It's like, well, get everybody healthy, get everyone safe. We're not going to have to, you know, handle this, and then the economy can recover. But one thing must come before the other. It's it's we don't have to choose. We're choosing the economy to choose ourselves <laughs> to choose our you know our humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I I don't know. I, I'm i th- I'm, I'm interested to read a, a, lo- a lot about the next about what, how everyone's feeling over the next few months.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
2: A, um, oops, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's a strange situation. I think for me and Sophia being having spent most of our adult life in, in America, mm. but not being citizens mm. and being from someplace else and feeling, you know, very like, like the state, you know, like it, New York is our home and it's a place where we gotten to work. Uh, where we've had opportunities to work. That's been really welcoming creatively uh, in so many ways. And then all of a sudden feeling like incredibly rejected <laughs> by that culture yeah. and, and not being able to vote or, or sort of participate in that, you know, it's been a bizarre experience.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about that for people. Yeah, we
3: just went in Chile we just went through a big um, referendum two weeks ago about like uh, doing a new constitution like through the, like during a democracy because there's been like a like a huge uh, social like like disrupt that started last year because of like just inequity and like and 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 like the the, the fake perception that we live in this very modern country and super develop developed for the for the region and that it's just like all a mirage inside a very small elite and it's been very like just like I was like if if the referendum and we like the referendum passed like with 80 percent which was like like no one saw it coming Mm -hmm. that it was going to be that big so it's very encouraging Mm -hmm. and part of me thought that that was going to happen too in America like I was like I got excited that maybe like like, like the, the, the slogan in Chile was like, Chile despertó, like, Chile awoke, awoken. Yeah. Ch-
4: Chile, no. woke, woke, Chile woke up. Woke, woke up,
3: up yeah. yeah. I still can't speak English. <laughs> um, But, um, yeah, so I thought that was going to happen, to, or maybe hoped that it was going to happen with the election. And then, of course, it didn't. And it's just like a slap in the face yeah. of like, okay, this is the country that I live in and the country that... I don't know, like my son's American, he's not even Chilean yet. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. But I think I think Brady is saying something very true that it's important to get out of the echo chamber. And for us too, like we were we were just drove back from the beach to Santiago, and we were listening to the. To pot save America. Yeah. And it just felt like this is we were, the, like it's I, just such a like another yeah, echo chamber. That I feel
4: like, like there was some, we were, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and we were talking we were like it's almost like an Instagram. It's like for every one person that you choose to be a friend, it should read your algorithm and put you with the exact opposite person. And then, sort of like for every friend you have, you should have, you should also have another person that you're following that believes completely different shit than you. Because the problem is, is like when you go on Instagram and you're scrolling through your Instagram and it's just this kind of like, you're like every, wow, everybody thinks the way that I do do, and like everybody is on the same page. And And the algorithm uh, suggests. Yeah, and the algorithm suggests people that think like you and it's just like, well, then then we're all going to be, we're all in an echo chamber. And, and why don't we just sort of force ourselves to get out of this echo chamber and actually start having this conversation. Um, like the Christopher Nolan social network.
0: <laughs> 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 Nolan, it.
4: Social network, it costs 300 <laughs> <looking up. laughs> Oh, I'm and, a dad, I'm
5: allowed to make dad jokes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I, I agree.
1: Yeah, I just wanna, I wanted to, it's almost 1:30, so we've had a really great, nice, long talk. I would love it if um, maybe Mona and Sophia could, if they have any, you know, pointers, advice, you know, just a few words and a couple sentences on like out there for our female filmmakers, our female editors, production designers, whomever is listening. You know, just how do you how how you balance the motherhood? work thing and you know any any sort of advice you'd want to pass pass on or like me I've, I've had to learn over time you know how to how to balance it and sometimes wing it but like do you feel like you could offer something up from your experience um i think
3: um well a little bit of what we talked about before of like really seeking out for like like taking in all the help that you can get
0: mm-hmm.
3: and I don't know I think it's hard but it's also possible and it's very, very gratifying to know that it's that you can do it and I think I don't know this is gonna sound like horrible but like like invest in in like I think the mistake because it's it's not forever like eventually kids are going to go to school like full-time or and then you're going to be able to like manage to go back into some sort of like routine that allows you to work and be a mother and but i think that the beginning of it is the hardest part and i think if you can like if you're able because i know that we're also very privileged to be able to do it like to to like seek resources that like allowed you to not put your career like in a drawer for like five years I think do it like whatever it takes even if it takes like living in a tiny apartment spend that money on a nanny so you can like go to work on I think for us we like kind of like made a decision that we weren't gonna like need like we weren't gonna just like sacrifice either of our careers and we're gonna find a way to balance it out like between us and our time and be like I also like me as a mom, Antonio, you also need time, so now you're gonna have to like the next three months, like my job is a project priority, you figure it out. or like we're gonna spend an amount of money that sounds insane in in putting a million taker, even like and then and then see where where we get that money back and start, like like just like prioritize so you can like invest in yourself so then, because I feel if not, it's just so hard to like have. It's so unfair to a woman that to have to choose, you know, like to be like I'm either a mother or or either, or work. So like, just like figure out a way to to find the balance and and I think it's it's compromising with your partner. It's doing the extra effort, is seeking for help. It's it's throwing money at it too if you have to and see where you how you compensate that we haven't taken a trip in forever or we haven't you know like like it's funny but like just by living in New York like the amount of money you save by not being able to go out
0: mm-hmm.
3: you can put that into like take care I don't know like like I think it's, it's possible it's hard it's definitely hard but I think it's possible and I think it has a lot to do with with yeah I don't know it's it's a balancing act I think it's that's what it is but it's definitely possible and I say that with one I have no idea what's going to Happen next year,
0: mm.
3: yeah. Thank we'll you. See.
2: Yeah, I think um, I think uh, if you're looking, if you're uh, applying for a job or if you got a job, um, don't be afraid to tell your director or producer that you're a parent. For
0: sure. Yeah.
2: And because if somebody said, "Hey," which has happened a lot, I I just had a baby but i would love to be your your script or i would love to be your first ad but i just had a kid um then i would say okay cool well, i'm gonna bring my kid and you bring your kid and let's get you know uh, a situation set up on set where we can maybe share some child care do you want to share a nanny I, I you know it's not i think often a lot especially women are feeling that if you say i'm a mother and i would love to be able to be a mother and you know do my job which required traveling and and relocating to a different place or something like that and I want to bring my baby or toddler with me or kid then and now because of remote learning you can actually bring your kid to to set some production it would not for me that and for Brady or Antonia or Sophia that would never be a problem we would say okay cool let's see who else wants to bring their kids and let's you know, figure out like a little like child, you know, pot or something like that. So I think bringing that to your, to the people that you're working with is really important. And also bringing that, not, not being afraid as a director, as a female director, to saying that being able to parent while doing your job is also important. I think that's really something that's for me it's like that's something that I've really I, it's been important to me through my entire career as a, as a director and i think it's really uh, it's it's been like this kind of thing which I, oh I sh- i'm not i shouldn't be a female in my role as a director i shouldn't be a female in my role as a film worker i should be someone who doesn't have a family or doesn't have a, a parental um responsibility and i think that's really wrong for for most men and women, because we would like to take I, I, th- I think one
5: thing that is worth mentioning, only only because, um, you know, I can, like Antonio, Sophia, Mona, and I are so close,
0: mm-hmm.
5: uh, and we have kids that are, you know, not so far apart in age and mm-hmm. stuff. I, I think it's, it's interesting that we have, um, I think, taken the greatest leaps mm-hmm. in our uh, careers, um, uh, during, the the periods of 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 of, of time that, that that we had a child, it is not an accident. Which is to say that um, I think that that all of us are more productive because we have a child. I, I I think that it's interesting. It was hard for me to it was hard for me to really comprehend. Um, uh, before we had a kid uh, when when people would say things like this because it sounds like, it's always sounded like a a generality or a platitude. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, However,
5: I think it is remarkable the fire that it gives to have um, a child that needs food on the table and a roof over their head no matter what. And it is incredible like how malleable uh uh we are and and like we are we're I mean, nimble and i think we've done a lot a lot i think we've had a lot more as yeah. a result of having had a child i think so then then we did because we don't
2: we don't we don't none of us direct commercials or like we don't have that we've never like gotten to be part of that universe are we make our lady making movies so, which is really challenging with the kind of movies that we choose to make. So, we actually have to make them in order to pay our rent, and and we don't have the luxury of having a lot of help or anything like that. You know, like we kind of rely on each other, and and, and uh, you know, smaller periods where we can you know maybe afford to hire someone to help us out with childcare. But it's really mostly just trying to make making it work. But um, but it, it makes you incredibly focused because you are, your time is so valuable. So that's sort of like for us. I was like, I need to start a public school. I was like, oh my god! From the moment I drop her off until I pick her up, I am writing. I don't even yeah. get tea. like I don't take a lunch break. I, I am fucking working. I
3: feel like that's that's like the the thing that changes too. Is like I've like interviewed for jobs with like people that I. I don't know, like that I, or like new directors, stuff like that. And I'm like, I have a kid, but like I can start as early as like 745 and I, I'm gonna be out at six, but like okay. but I won't look at my phone because I know you know what I mean. Like I think you manage your time so much more effectively because you know it's so restricted and it's so and you put value on your time in a way that you don't before because that's time away from my kids. So I'm not gonna be like sitting around just like Talking around and like just like because if not I'll be home so so I think you just like rearrange your priorities but I do think that it's tricky because like for me that that I work for someone else I think it's different when you're the director because you have more control of like yeah. the work environment that you build around you it is kind of like a, oh yeah I have a kid and and good luck hiring a their mom that's pregnant with another kid, like who wants to have that editor, you know? Like it's it's hard. And especially with editors that like, directors totally abuse their their time. I mean, starting with Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I
5: think oh, he abused his I, time so he, much that he decided I, I, to fucking marry you to make it
0: okay.
1: An <laughs> 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 important point though to make about having boundaries,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, especially
1: Especially when you're not the director of really having strong boundaries of like, you know, what, what you can offer and what you're, you know, you're willing to do. Because as we all know, directors don't understand what boundaries are, you know, or they wouldn't get their films made, you know, so it's, it's good to come into the, I think that's good advice. It's like to be very clear on your boundaries and, you know, if someone's not into it, then it's not the right project for you.
5: Can we yeah. just quickly discuss that Antonio and Sofia's child looks like Matt Damon? <laughs> and, 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 and Antonio this this guy's yours right?
3: <laughs> Look at Matt Damon. So,
4: so I really I really love that one.
3: We don't know what yeah. the new one's going to look like. Yeah. The new one might look like gradient, that would be very suspicious. My, the hair thing
4: though, like, oh, your son's so handsome. Are you sure he's yours?
5: <laughs> yes. Hey, buddy, you're super handsome. I'm just saying that he's handsome in that Matt and
0: David sort of way. combination.
1: Thank Thank you so much. <laughs> really nice talking with you today on this great day. A great day for our country good to have you all all yeah. here thank you so much for taking the time thank
5: you, thank you so much thank you thank you so much yeah.
4: and, thank and you so lovely stadium, yeah
1: see me the mona It's yeah. so, so lovely i'll okay. share the podcast with you guys when it's up it will be up tomorrow so you can send it to your friends no oh, <laughs> all right lots of love have a bye
0: Tchau.